What is a good Chinese woman? That's one of the tough questions Hong Kong-born writer and performer Cynthia Hu Ying Lam interrogates in her new play. She weaves together the stories of her two grandmothers and her mother with her own experiences in Oi Mama, Love Mum. So, I've been meaning to talk about my mother. Red is the colour of sacrifice. Did you know that thoughts can kill you? I'm a good girl. And good girls are always... And then to find that I am my mother and my mother's mother and all the mothers that have come before me all along. Her forebears' stories are set during the Second World War and Hong Kong's post-war years, up to the mass exodus of its residents in the 1990s after the unpopular transition from British colonial rule back to communist China. Sharing those concerns, Cynthia's family moved from Hong Kong to New Zealand when she was just five. They they came here really to... Um, this was actually uh, sometime before the 1997 Hong Kong handover, so this was when... Um, there was a lot of fear back then over, you know, the transition period. And so my parents decided to come to New Zealand kind of like to get a second passport, you know, just in case. And so for them, they they mainly focused on their work. And my mother was also studying actually at the University of Auckland. I think she was doing her master's in accounting. So it was definitely difficult for a young family. Like they had to do, you know, balance work and study and also trying to earn money for a young family. Now, you went back to Hong Kong, and it was very successful for you over there. What then got you to reassess, I guess, your life and want to concentrate on writing? So back then in Hong Kong, after I graduated, so I have a MBA, a master's in business administration, and I worked for a financial magazine for a number of years. So it was a very well-paying job. I got to travel. I got to meet a lot of different people. Um, the thing for me, though, is that I I always wanted to, you know, be a writer. And so this was always my passion. And so there came a turning point for me in like both my professional and personal life. And I decided that, you know, this is not how I want to live. And so I decided to come to New Zealand to, you know, pursue my dreams and learn the craft of being a writer. So obviously, this was not easy. Uh, back then, I did have a writing teacher in Hong Kong, Stephanie Han. She she did say, you know, studying to become a writer is not like studying to become a doctor. You know, you won't be guaranteed your return on investment. So it, it makes a lot of sense for me to choose New Zealand because I had some cousins and aunts here. You know, obviously, if I come here, I pay domestic fees. So it's been seven years since I came back for, you know, in my 30s. And it's been going very well so far. The... Good advice usually given to writers is to start by writing about what you know, and that's what you've done with your play. But my goodness, it takes courage to do this also. It's one thing to tell your story, but you're also telling your mother's story and your grandmother's story. So how have you approached that with the family in terms of, I don't know, getting permission or getting stories, you know, encouraging conversations? How has this worked? It's a very delicate process because I think, first of all, like to write my story, I felt very exposed and vulnerable because, I mean, I know I've decided to put on a one-woman show, but generally I'm quite introverted and I'm actually quite a private person. So, but I decided that, you know, this story was really important to tell. And in terms of with my family, so my two grandmothers, they've passed away. My mother, 
obviously, you know, I write about some of the tensions in our relationship. So I, I was very careful about that because at the end of the day, um, yes, this is autobiographical. I wanted to to be truthful, but at the same time, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So. My mom was brilliant in the sense that she, when I asked her, you know, could I share certain aspects about, you know, her childhood, she was fine with it. Like she was perfectly okay, and she even actually helps me to sing in my play. So in my play, she sings two songs; they're recorded, and so yeah, she's been absolutely brilliant with this whole process. Like very supportive. The stories then of your、um, your grandmothers had they been passed down through the family, or given that they are no longer with us, how were you able to talk to their stories? Yeah, so this was a really interesting and fun process because it, it involved me talking to the wider family, like my aunts and uncles. And I think the interesting thing is, obviously, I remember some of the stories that they told me, and then I had to fact check it. So when I asked, say, my, you know, how did、um, how did my My ama, who's my my paternal grandmother, meet、um, my aye, her husband, and I, actually there were varying accounts because I always thought it was Hong Kong, but then one of my uncles, he's very sure it was. He said no, they met in Macau, and so there was a lot of back and forth, and obviously we don't know. So I think this is the interesting and funny thing about family histories is that sometimes there's could be one or two accounts, and I I just don't know which one is. The one absolutely true, but I think in my play, what I'm going for is really the emotional truth. So, and I, I do talk about this in my writing as well, actually, in the play about how sometimes memory can be unreliable. The、um, ancestral trauma and cultural conditioning I see also、mm. are elements here that that would be treated with delicacy and honesty. But what are what are some examples of the ancestral trauma then that you're concentrating on? Obviously, my my foremothers they they had a very difficult life. Like you know, they lived through the war. They had to flee from communist China back then because my Gong Gong, my grandfather on the maternal side, he was a Kuomintang official back then. So, and obviously, when they got back to Hong Kong, first of all, on my、um, mother's side, they they lived in poverty. Really, they they really struggled. And even my Ama's side as well.、Um, There was a time when my Aye had a successful business, but then he lost it, and so they lived in poverty. Like they were very poor, so there, there's a lot of struggle there. And then, you know, obviously during my parents' generation, they grew up in poverty, and so they wanted to provide a lot for their kids, like me and my brother. And so they worked extremely hard to give us a better life. So I think, you know, that's one aspect of it. You know, the, surviving the hardships.、Um, the other part is really about, you know, the cultural conditioning. I think. You know, as a child, when I grew up, generally I could say it's quite patriarchal. Like, you know, we follow the、um, patrilineal system of, you know, documenting descendants in the Lam family book. And so, I think I grew up whether these messages were spoken or unspoken. I think I felt a lot of cultural pressure to conform or be a certain way. Or, you know, what is success? You know, is success working for a financial publication, which is what I did? But yet. Deep inside, I was not happy. So I think for me, it was really this internal struggle that I had with, you know, what is a good Chinese woman or what is a good girl? You know, I I was raised whether it's not just the Chinese culture, but I think with the media, what is the definition of a good woman? And I think receiving all these messages growing up, I think I felt pressured to behave it in a certain way. And yet, I realized I wasn't happy. So I think the turning point for me was really realizing that and wanting to do something about it. Um, so this actually has been a whole journey for me. The writing process for me, I think, because in 
you know, I'm quite a sensitive person in general. And so writing actually helps me to understand things. And a lot of times I feel, you know, a lot of things, but maybe I don't know how to articulate it. Like I just know, okay, I'm not happy, but why am I not being happy? And so this whole journey for me through writing and understanding, whether it's writing about my family history, writing about trying to put myself in my mother's shoes and my grandmother's shoes, actually this, the whole process in itself has been really enlightening for me, but also I would say healing for me on a personal level. Yeah. Has it brought you and your mum closer together, do you think? Y yes, it has. I mean, that's one of the brilliant things about it because, you know, we were researching the play together. She was so supportive and it also has made me, I think, understand things more from her perspective and also my grandmother's perspective. And now she's retired, and so now sometimes when we're online, we we do some Tai Chi together, which is another feature of my play. I do two Tai Chi sequences, so it, it definitely has brought the whole family together. This whole thing now has become really a family affair because my aunt, she does the Chinese calligraphy, which we hang from panels as part of my set. My brother, um, he actually just moved from Taiwan um, with his family and he's helping me with the marketing and the stage management. My dad has been sending me props from Hong Kong for me to use in the play. So it has really brought the family closer together. And I think that's, that was one of the unexpected outcomes for me. When your mother was talking about her relationship with her mother, did they clash? Or were they close? What, what did you learn about, you know, their relationship? My mother was always very close with her mother. You know, me and my mom talked and we talked about how, you know, maybe her, her relationship with her mother is a bit different from her relationship with me. So it's, it's kind of like um, also, I think, a coming to terms and just appreciating what we have. Do you think that had they had the opportunity, your mother or even either your grandmothers might have looked at the life that you've been able to lead, you know, the freedoms that have come with it, with a degree of envy? Or do you get a sense, having done all this work, that they were content with their lives? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think um, my papa, who's my maternal grandmother, she always used to joke. She said, me and my brother, she said, you two, you two know how to reincarnate. You guys have such a comfortable life. She said something like that. I imagine you think also about, had you stayed in Hong Kong, uh, I know you left just a few years ago, but my reading of it is a situation in Hong Kong, I have friends there, is getting really quite frightening in terms of controls. And that must be hard for you. I imagine they're both home to you, right? Yes, yes. I mean, definitely the situation is uh, quite chaotic. I have friends there, uh, still living there. So yeah, I mean, Hong Kong is is still my home and I still think of it fondly. This also relates to, you know, the Hong Kong I knew because I grew up during colonial Hong Kong. So, you know, that's that's a part that was part of my life. And I do talk a bit a bit about this in my play as well. So, yeah. Now, you're, well, we're talking ahead of the premiere and I was really taken. Again, this seems to be very COVID-ish uh, that you're going to do the live performance, but you're also going to stream it. And again, you'll have family around the world, of course, and friends and family, but also it offers opportunities for audiences who can't get to the... Um, Herald Theatre, right? Are you quite excited about the the way streaming has become the new the new normal, a new you know a new ex widely accepted option for performance? I think I'm ex excited that you know my friends from overseas they can have a chance to watch this performance if if they would like. Um, 
I mean, obviously, you know, this is my my first show, so it's my first time actually performing it. I'm producing it, so I'm actually really nervous at the same time. So there was a part of me that's that's like, oh, I don't want people to come to the show. I feel so exposed. But the other part is like, oh no, but I I really want to share my story. I would like people to watch the show. So yeah, I've been having conflicting feelings. Once you've nailed the premiere and that's behind you, I understand that with all this research that you've done, you'd also like to what write a, a memoir. Yes, so I, I would like to um, expand my play script into a prose format, like a publishable extended prose format, so a matrilineal memoir. I definitely, this is something that, uh, one of the things that I would like to do. The other thing is to continue the dialogue, um, because I realized that when I did a live stage reading earlier this year, I, I got a lot of feedback from you know, audience members. And one of the things that struck me was really that people started sharing with me their stories about their family histories and how my play resonated with them, whether they were from a Western background or even men were saying that my play resonated with them. And I thought that was a really important thing that I wanted to continue doing, whether it's um, maybe in the future running, writing workshops for women as well, you know, just to get that dialogue going and just sharing our stories. Oi Mama, Love Mum by Cynthia Lam and directed by Cantor Kochar Lindgren premieres this Friday at the Herald Theatre in Tamaki Makaurau as part of the Auckland Fringe Festival. Just a note, it's deemed suitable for those 16 years and above as it deals with themes of depression and mental health.